Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to another episode of the show, episode number 100. We've officially made it to triple digits. Happy, excited. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in to even 10 seconds of an episode. I thank you for your support. Um, thank you for rocking with me for 100 episodes now. That's a lot of my voice, to be completely honest with you. Um, and also, to just thank you. Um, let's keep this going. Another 10,000 and I can retire from this. And you can put my, not my jersey, but my headphones and my microphone into the Raptors. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, today's episode, I still, I wanted to look at some of the free agent signings. Some of them I'm going to kind of go through quickly. And some of them maybe a little bit more depth, in-depth. Uh, so there has been obviously a lot of a lot been going on in the last four or five days with free agency opening up. Um, and I, like I said, I just wanted to take a look at some of the bigger, bigger signings, some of the guys on the move and just things like that. So the first person that signed right off the bat was Draymond Green stays with Golden State. Uh, there were, there were, there were rumors easy for me to say that he would be back, but there was also some interest from other teams as well. So like the Kings, the Mavs. I think Portland was in the mix a little bit as well with the whole Dame situation, which I might get into at the end of this episode or towards the end of the episode. Um, but he ultimately does decide to stay with Golden State, with the Golden State Warriors. Um, championship pedigree, offense, defense, everything would have looked different without him, obviously, because he has so much impact on this game. Like He's one of the players in this generation that you can't look at his numbers and say he wasn't a good player. You have to watch Draymond Green play to understand how good he is and how valuable is how valuable he is to his Warriors team, and honestly, how valuable he would have been to any team in this league. High IQ guy. You get him in the was it late late first or the second round? I can't even remember. And you know he's had this impact where he's a Hall of Famer, number of rings, four rings, just a part of a nucleus that was just fun to watch, and he's actually. We talk a lot about some of the defenders in the league. And I've always said, like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easy for a six, seven, or a seven, one guy to be a good defender because he can block a lot of shots. Draymond doesn't necessarily block a lot of shots, but he's a pleasure to watch defensively. Him and a, and a few other guys, t- to watch them put clamps on some of the best players in the league and to force guys into turnovers and bad shots is, is actually, great to watch and I never used to be a defensive guy where I would even acknowledge someone being a good defender but now I legitimately enjoy watching guys play lockdown defense I think it's so great there's so much scoring in the league now to where the guy where the 10th guy off the bench can put up 15 20 on you so the fact that we have defenders like this is really cool so to say because they're the type of guys who can at least keep these guys' numbers down a little bit. And it's guys like Draymond who can do that. And Warriors just uh, are kind of staying loyal to their core, right? Like they're staying with the Draymonds, the, the Stephs, and the Clays. They haven't given up on that nucleus. And honestly, it got you four titles. Why would you want to give up on it? A lot of these contracts, I'm not going to take a look at the numbers too much because I don't want to talk about other people's money and how much they make and things like that. Three-year deal, I think, is 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 a solid, solid contract length for Draymond. 
I honestly thought that he played his last game with the Golden State Warriors. After the whole incident and the way that they lost this season, I thought it was it was the end. And, you know, they end up trading Jordan Poole and they bring in some um, free agents and they're kind of ready to roll again. I don't think they're going to be favorites, probably not even top five to win a title, but I do think that they will be there if they can stay healthy. I think health for them is, is the major thing. And honestly, they got to sign another big man. Like, the, I think their tallest player is 6'9". I understand that there's a lot of shooting in the league and you got to have shooters, but you at the same time, you still have to have a presence in the middle. And that's never really changed with the NBA. You've always had to kind of keep honest with a guy who can rim protect, block shots, and things like that. Guy who has some length. And I think that's something that they can still have to address. Kyle Kuzma, Washington Wizards. Uh, he had his best season in terms of numbers last year. Wizards also have a solid trading chip if and when the time comes to kind of get rid of him or trade him I should say I hate saying get rid of him because it's such a bad thing to say and it seems legit happy to be back he released a tweet after uh, signing something along the lines of you know we're kind of ready to get this thing rolling and, and build it from the ground up again and I'm excited to be here that type of thing so it legitimately seems like he's he is excited to uh, be there and I mean the young team needs a veteran right and that's what Washington is going to get with him. And you're going to look for Johnny Davis to kind of step up a little bit. Uh, Denny Avdi to step up. And some of the guys that they've drafted recently step up as well. And I think Kuzma is... It's funny because we've, we've kind of looked at Kuzma in the last number of years. And we kind of laughed at him for whatever reason. I mean, we always remember my first thing is when he pushed LeBron into defending. I mean, that's the first thing that always comes to my mind. But... He's really developed into, like, a, he's had a solid career. And I think that every team, even though Washington Wizards aren't ready to win now, every team needs needs a, a vocal leader and a guy who can step up. So, like, Porzingis is gone, right? We got Bradley Beal who's gone. Monte Morris is gone. DeLon Wright is gone. So it's kind of Kuzma and, and the young kids, right? So, like I said, Avdi, Davis, Kispert, um, Gafford's still there, who's still fairly young, 24 years of age, and some of the guys that they drafted, right? So they have something to build on as well. And I think it's the right direction. And obviously, you can always look for a trade partner if and when the time comes. Uh, Kobe White, Chicago Bulls. So his minutes dipped by four and his points by three last season. Uh, he's still a, a good three-point shooter at 37% for his career and I think with Lonzo Ball being out uh it should be a lot more playing time for for Kobe White and I think even more so if if um Levine and, and DeRozan get traded so I think for him this is going to be a big year I think his first season was really good and then he kind of dipped a little bit and some of that is due to you know having DeMar on the team and Levine who take so to say, most of the shots. But I think that Kobe White's been been solid. I mean, his first his first two seasons, he averaged 13 and then 15 points a game. And he was around 35 and 36% from three. And then two years ago, he was at, went up to 38 and a half and then 37 last year. So he's a 37% three-point shooter in his career. Um, I think he's still very valuable as fast player. And I think, some sometimes you need to get the ball out of DeMar and Levine's hands 
And he's, I think he's one of those guys who's going to be able to do that. And he's going to be able to facilitate some things offensively for them. And I think, yeah, this, this is, I'm a big, I got to watch him a lot at North Carolina as well. So I think this is a, this is a good deal of bringing him back. I know that there was a lot of teams who were kind of in, in on him. I know the Toronto Raptors showed some interest in him from depending on the rumors that you read, but with um, Fred Van Vliet being gone, that, that Kobe White was a guy that they had on their radar and obviously with Lonzo Ball, God forbid it's it's a career-ending injury. Um, Kobe White could play a lot next season, whether that's you know big minutes coming off the bench or as a starter. I think he is going to play, you know, upwards of, of thirty minutes next season. Uh, Karis Levert, Cleveland Cavaliers. So he has to uh, he has to give them a bit more of a scoring punch. I would say anywhere from like seventeen to twenty-one next season, because they do have. Garland and Mitchell, but they need some help, obviously, uh, scoring-wise. Um, Jared Allen doesn't do too much scoring. Mobley, people are big on. As of right now, I don't really see it. He's going to need to step up, take a big step in his third season. So he's he's kind of in the, in the same as Scotty Barnes, so to say. Scotty Barnes didn't really improve anything last season. I think both guys are going to need to take huge steps forward uh, in this upcoming season. And I think the question for Karis LeVert is, you know, does he start or is he coming off the bench? And whatever he does, he's gonna need to give him a scoring punch. If he's coming off the bench, he could he could legitimately become a six man candidate. I think that's that's how much scoring he has. Because remember in Indiana, in his previous stop, I think he averaged something like twenty points a game. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but so he he is capable of scoring. It's just that Cleveland's gonna need a lot more of it going forward. Uh, Bruce Brown, Indiana Pacers. So this is the first surprise kind of of the offseason. Important piece off the bench for the Nuggets in the playoffs. We saw what he could do. Energy, defense, and the ability to get to the basket. I thought that he made it very difficult for Miami to stop him getting to the basket. And just his energy, his energy and Christian Brown's off the bench. I don't want to say that it kind of pushed the series over the top, but it was a big factor. Because there was two or three games where Bruce Brown and Christian Brown were absolutely amazing. And you could almost argue that they were the reason why Denver had won those games. So it's, this is, a, I think, a great signing for Indiana. Question becomes, and I think it's going to be the latter of the two, is he coming off the bench or starting? Because you can do Miles Turner. You could start Bruce Brown at power forward. You could go to Benedict Matherin, small forward, Buddy Heald, shooting guard. And Halliburton, one of the better point guards in the league as, as a point guard. And again, if 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 the Indiana Pacers aren't players, you can always look to trade him because I think a lot of people are going to want, want Bruce Brown from what we saw. And I even when he signed with Denver last season, I thought it was a steal at whatever they paid for him. I think it was like $6.8 million a season for that one season. I think that's great value. He was a really good piece even for Brooklyn when he was there. He's a small guy, but man, he's in the middle of everything. And I love his defensive tenacity. He actually reminds me a little bit about of Norman Powell. Like neither guy is huge, but man, he's in the middle of, of like everything. Willing to get on the floor, dive, make winning plays. And, and that's why he is uh, an NBA champion with the um, Denver Nuggets. Uh, Jeremy Grant, Portland Trailblazers, returning back statistically, had his best season, 20.5 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 2.4 assists. Great 3 and D guy. How does his role, though, change with Dame leaving? 
is he like a third option behind Simons and Henderson? Is he the second option behind Henderson? Does he even finish the season with Portland? I think that's a very big question now. I don't think he will because I don't think Portland's going to be very good. And teams are always out there looking for guys who can defend and hit threes. And I think he's one of the better guys in the league when it comes to that. So I don't think he's going to finish the season with Portland. And I found it was kind of weird that he was signed before we kind of knew what was going on with Dame. Unless the Portland organization already knew that Dame was was going to leave and they, you know, told Jeremy the, the situation that, you know, Dame's going to request a trade. Do you still want to, you know, resign with the team? So I think that that's a great asset for them. And you can always look to you can always look to trade them once once the trade deadline approaches if they're completely out of the playoffs. I mean, you can get a pick and probably two really good players for, for Jeremy Grant or two at least players in the rotation. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Dallas Mavericks. Surprised they didn't do a sign and trade with Kyrie. Um, I mean, we saw the tandem of Doncic and Irving last season and didn't really work out. I, I mean, the minimum they have to make playoffs next year. And I think the biggest question becomes how much of Kyrie are you getting a season, right? We know he misses a lot of games due to injuries and some other stuff off the court, but just how much are you getting of him is also very important. Um, Yeah, I, I just don't think that they worked very well. And I even when the trade was made last season, I, I just didn't. I mean, you have two guys who are whose usage is through the roof that you're putting together on the same team. So you're gonna watch three guys. You're gonna have three guys on the court watching Kyrie and Luca dribble the ball, unless something changes drastically this season. I don't see how that would work out, but unless that happens, I don't know how this team could be successful going forward. I think it's a legitimate question: Is Luca's time in in Dallas, you know, coming to an end as well? Don't really know, but I think the first. 2025 games of this season will, will teach us a lot about um, this tandem going forward and what they have out to offer and if if the team has changed its you know kind of mentality going forward of, of what to expect from these guys because I don't know if it's running Kyrie and and Luke out there just dribbling the ball is going to work I like I like the draft picks that they made I think they've added in in that sense but how do the two best stars you know kind of work together uh, George Niang, Cleveland Cavaliers. So he's one of the premier three-point shooters in the league. Cavs struggle in that aspect a little bit. Um, 12th during the season, so I guess the top half isn't that bad, and they're fifth last in the playoffs. Uh, so he's going to help with that. He's nothing really more than a stationary three-point shooter from the corner. So yeah, at least they um, you know address their three-point situation. Uh, Chris Middleton, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. So he's getting older and he's getting injured more frequently. I think that this could be a contract that the Bucks regret in the season. It's just his injuries have really picked up last season. I think he played something like 15 games, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the numbers in front of me again, but he didn't play a lot. So, I mean, I don't know. And I feel like that the Bucks are kind of headed down the same road as the Warriors where, you know, you're awarding guys who have helped you win a title. So he played 33 games last season, starting 19, 15 points, three rebounds, four assists, 32% from three, which is his lowest number since his rookie year. 
and the field goal percentage was at 43.6. So, you know, I think it's going to be a contract that they regret because injuries are coming more frequently. And like I said, they're staying loyal to the core like the Warriors. So, I mean, I don't know what to make of it. I don't really like it. But, I mean, if they didn't sign Chris, then, you know, who else do you get? And you kind of feel comfortable with the player being around the team for a very long time. But, yeah, I think this this next season is going to say a lot about Chris Middleton and where the Bucks are headed, the direction that they're headed towards for the next number of seasons. Uh, Yaka Pirtle, Toronto Raptors. So they addressed the center position, bringing back uh, Yaka Pirtle. We've seen a number of different players play that position over the years with you know, there's times where Siakam was the center and then Cam Birch. There's, I think, Scotty Barnes at some point played center as well. Um, for the Raptors, it just looks like they're running it back, right? Um, Gary Shane Jr. is back. Fred Van Vliet obviously is gone, but um, looks like for the most part that they're that they're uh, running it back and they're going to give this uh, one more shot. He's a great defender in post who has a knack for offensive rebounds. He just seems to be in the right place offensively. Seems to be in the right place at the wrong time, right time to grab rebounds, you know, putbacks and things like that. And like I said, he he's a very good defender, which kind of fits in with the rest of the kind of guys around him. So Siakam, Scotty Barnes, um, Dennis Schroeder can be a pass on defense. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. has a knack for getting steals as well. You know, you have Grady Dick, who's coming in from Kansas, who's also not a great defender, but again, he has a knack of being in the right place at the right time sometimes. So looks like this is going to be one last run for the for the Raptors before they look you know, to see what direction they're going to be uh, headed towards. Cam Johnson back with the Brooklyn Nets. So 17-5-2 since joining the Nets. He's getting better as on the defensive end as well. Uh, I think he came into this league, and again, watching him in North Carolina, uh, just a, a shooter who can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He's getting a lot better at that now. And now his defensive game is kind of coming around as well. Nets have a solid core of young players that they can start building around now. So you have you look at guys like Cam Johnson, you look at guys like um, Mikel Bridges, you got Claxton. I almost call him Speedy Claxton, uh, Nick Claxton. So you've addressed some very important positions, and you have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's a professional point guard. And now you know the only thing that they can kind of still have is is that power forward position. Um, so so they're starting to build a, a very nice team. I really like it. What Bridges did with them last season after coming over from the Suns in that KD trade, I think was really good. And he showed us a glimpse of, and I've I said this when I did a previous podcast, he's going to be a first-time All-Star this season. I mean, I feel pretty confident saying that. And the Nets are interested in Lillard. Now, would Dame come? Not too sure. So would Johnson kind of be a part of that package? I assume so. I think that they would try to keep Mikel and maybe some other players, but I I think that he would be uh, a a part of a package that would include the Brooklyn Nets getting uh, Dame Lillard back. So, yeah. Uh, Gabe Vincent, Los Angeles Lakers. Solid three-point shooter. Could do him wonders in LA. 33% in the regular season. He was 38 in the playoffs when, when Miami's magical run. He can so the good thing here is that he can take the pressure off the other guards. He's really crafty getting to the basket, so he, it's kind of like what Austin Reeves does as well. He's really kind of waits for the contact, gets into um, the lane, and kind of waits for the defender to attack him. Very smart player, bang shots, pull ups. He can do a lot of different things. 
Um, so I think this is, and he brings finals experience, which I think is huge for this Lakers team where next season, I mean, anytime you have LeBron, anything less than a title is, is kind of a failure in the season. I mean, if LeBron is back, I know he might retire, but, um, yeah, I, I, I like this signing from the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, Herb Jones, New Orleans Pelicans. So he's one of the premier wing defenders in the league has to develop his offensive game a little bit more and his three point shooting to become a real three and D threat. Um, yeah, so he's staying in New Orleans. I don't think this is a surprise, surprise at, at, at all. We all saw him staying with New Orleans. And like I said, he's a very good defensive player for them. And when you, and they have a solid core, if they can get Zion on the court, they really have a chance of making some noise in the Western conference. I had Joel Ingles here going to Orlando. I think you need a solid veteran presence for, for a young team that's, in the next year or two, is going to be looking to take that next step. I think next year they can fight for a playing spot, especially with how good uh, Paulo Banquero is and um, and Wagner there as well. Um, Rui Hachimura, Los Angeles Lakers. They got him from the Wizards for essentially nothing. Um, really showed up in the playoffs, won the Lakers a game or two. His three-point shooting was really good. And yeah, he just, by the end of the, by the playoffs, he was starting for the Lakers. So him, Rui Hachimura and, um, uh, what's his name? I, I forget now. Austin Reeves were, were kind of the players that they were looking to lock, lock down in this free agency period. And they ended up getting both guys. And like I said, I, I think Rui's just kind of found himself a, a um a role on a on a solid team the interesting thing about him looking through his stats he's a career 35 percent three-point shooter in the regular season and then the playoffs he jumps to 51.9 so 52 percent um was at 14 and a half 14.8 points per game in the 2020-21 playoffs and then 12.2 in these playoffs so like i said defensively he can clamp down on some guys he showed that he can hit the three in these playoffs, and now he's gonna, you know, have to carry that over into the into next season, where, you know, he's gonna have a defined role. It's not like when he came in with the Wizards and he didn't really know what was what was going to happen, right? So in his first two games, in his first two years with Washington, he started 48, 48 57 games, and then it was thirteen, and this year was none for for Washington. So now he has a defined role on a team that has you know championship aspirations. And yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he can, what he can do and if, and if he can build on uh, what he accomplished in the playoffs. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Houston Rockets. Houston gets an adult in the room uh, with championship pedigree. They're a very young team, a lot of young players. They've traded some guys, uh, Ty Ty Washington, um, Usman Garuba, uh, Kenya Martin Jr. went to the Clippers. I think that was a very sneaky trade for the Clippers because he's a high flyer and he can also hit some threes for you as well. So you kind of wonder if that's maybe, or maybe they're going to dangle Terrence Mann or something like that. So I think that's a very good get for them. But yeah, uh, Fred undersized, but he has the heart of a champion. Defensively, he's going to compete as, as hard as he can. Last season, his numbers were down a little bit, but I think that's, it's just an off year for him. He's not a career like 41% shooter from, from the field. He's much better than that. So I think, 
Houston is kind of headed into, Ime Udoka has like a, a clear defined team that he wants to establish going forward. And Fred being, you know, kind of a part of that, I think I think that kind of starts with him. So you have a veteran leader for, for all these young players that they've drafted in the last three or four seasons. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, Toronto Raptors. He's bounced around a little bit. He could and should fight for a starting point guard position spot in, in, in the starting lineup. Um, apart from him, and you have Malachi Flynn, I, I don't think there's many other point guards on the team. And he could be a, he could be a little bit of a menace, and no pun intended. Dennis the Menace is what they call him, but he could be a menace on defense as well. He'll get after it, um, and he'll try really hard, and, you know, he's a, he's a solid player to have. He's a solid player to have. Um, as a starting point guard, I don't know, but we'll see what that kind of looks like and if if the uh, Raptors go out and sign anyone else. Uh, D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers, kind of surprised he's back. Like, usually when you get benched in the playoffs, there's no coming back from that. Uh, it kind of is what it is, uh, but he was, you know, able to get another contract with, um, with the Lakers and back for another, I guess, two seasons plus an option, I think it is. So yeah, um, he's back next season. Like I said, it was surprising. I think, I think with, with, um, uh, Dennis Schroeder leaving, it was, they thought it was a good idea to to bring D'Angelo Russell back and could play off the ball a lot next season with Austin Reeves being able to handle the ball. Um, and they've signed some other players who I talked about Gabe Vincent as well, who can kind of handle the ball. So, and he's, he's a really good three point shooter. If he can utilize that and if that could stay with him in the playoffs, I think he could be an asset to this team, but like, that's the, that's the key for him. He has to be able to hit shots in the playoffs when LeBron and, and AD are getting doubled. Like, you're getting wide-open shots. You have to be able to hit them. Uh, Max Struess also signing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, Miami's kind of clearing the deck a little bit. Maybe going to take a run, going to take a run at um, Dame Lillard, which we all expect to happen anyways. Um, four seasons in the league. Kind of established himself this season, averaging 11.5 a game. Three rebounds, two assists. He was 35% in, in the regular season in terms of three-point shooting and dipped to 32 in the playoffs. He really couldn't get much going in uh, in the finals there against Denver, but I think it's another good veteran player to have. I shouldn't say veteran. He's still very young, but a playoff experience to have on this Cleveland team that really kind of struggled and stagnated in the playoffs, and they kind of waited for Donovan Mitchell to do something. So I think this is a good this is a good signing for them as well. Uh, Brooke Lopez returns to Milwaukee Bucks, one of the better interior defenders in the league as well, uh, can step away from the basket and hit threes. Lakers and Rockets were interested. I'm actually surprised that he was, that he's back. I thought that he would sign elsewhere. I really did. Uh, and the fact that he's back again, th they're kind of staying loyal to their core as well. And he's a very important player for this team. Like there's a lot of guys who have been important, like Chris Middleton, obviously I'm going to exclude Giannis cause we know about Giannis, but Middleton and, and, and Brooke Lopez and even Bobby Portis have been huge for this team. Feels like every single one of them has hit important shots at some point in the playoffs for the Bucks. And I was I really thought that the Lakers would make a huge run, big run for him and, and sign him, but he returns to Milwaukee and he's comfortable there. And he's one of honestly one of the if you 
looked at Brook Lopez at the start of his career, I don't think he would ever say that he was going to be one of the premier like rim protectors in the league. It's crazy how far he's come. And it's just hard work that's really worked out for him. Austin Reeves, Los Angeles Lakers. So he's back with the Lakers. Signed for less money than we thought. Like, I mean, the rumors were there's going to sign around four years at like $102 million. Um, But Lakers get him for a lot cheaper. I think he was the Lakers' best player in the playoffs, to tell you the truth. I think he was the most consistent, even when you include AD and LeBron in that. LeBron probably had his worst playoffs in his, in his career, and that's why he kind of debated retiring. Um... And he just grew as the season went on. He he made winning plays, and you need players like this. And at this number, I think it's they get him. They got him in a good deal. I think the the thing is the Lakers were always willing to match. So even if someone came for uh, Austin Reeves, they're gonna match any offers. And yeah, he's there for for another few years. And Lakers get a guy who's a shooting guard again, crafty. He can get into he can get, he can get guys into. Um, uh, foul trouble he can shoot the three he can mix it up he can get to the basket um, pull-ups everything he does he does a little bit of everything and he's he's fully taken his chances he wasn't always a starter but he's used his you know playing time to to, to his advantage and he's becoming replaceable for this team uh, Dylan Brooks Houston Rockets uh, brings intensity and defense to a young team has to become a leader from day one so him and, and Fred Van Vliet kind of Got to take this team by the scruff of the neck and really become leaders going forward. And how will his antics affect this team? So this is kind of like what happened when he was with Memphis and all this stuff. I don't, I mean, I don't like this stuff too much. If you do it, you better be able to back it up. He hasn't. Um, did a lot of talking in the Lakers series, and that was kind of the end of him in Memphis. Uh, he got the bag, so to say, right? Good for him. Um, I'm always going to remember him in his college career when he got into it with Coach K at the end of the game when Oregon um, when Oregon played uh, Duke and Oregon beat Duke. I think I forget the incident. I think he took a shot with like two seconds left and Oregon was up by like 20. And Coach K gave it to him in, in like the handshake line, whatever you want to call it. And he just kind of brushed Coach K off. That, that's the one thing that I always remember about him. Um, and there was a playoff run that Memphis had where he averaged like 26 a game on like 40 percent three-point shooting it was like two or three seasons ago um so when you take a look at where he is now kind of his numbers really dipping um you know you wonder if he can get back to that to that old uh dylan brooks that he was back in the let me just check here 2020-21 playoffs to be fair it, it's a small sample size it's five games and shot 40 percent from three so he's at 26 points per game four rebounds two assists 1.4 steals so that, that defensive game, again, kind of like Fred Van Vliet, who's undersized, it's going to do wonders for this team. And uh, I think Thompson, the kid that they drafted this year as well, can get after it defensively as well. Cam Whitmore, who fell to them in the 20s, can get after it defensively as well. So they're clearly starting to build, you know, a team that Ime Udoka wants to see going forward. And I think they're doing that well. And they've thrown around money as well, which I don't, I don't know if a lot of people thought Houston was going to do. Uh, Russell Westbrook, the Los Angeles Clippers, was great in the playoffs for the Clippers when Paul George and Kawhi were both out. He kind of really kept them anywhere close to the Phoenix Suns in that series. It could have been a lot worse for 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 the Clippers, but he kept them close. A lot of people questioned the signing when it happened. I did as well, um, just because we saw what he did in in LA and he was just with the Lakers and he just wasn't a fit. 
Like, it just didn't work out. And it took the Lakers, you know, a while to kind of get up off him. And he took his, he took his, uh, he took his chances in, in with the Clippers in it. And honestly, I really liked what I, what I saw from, from him. And, you know, a lot of people share that same opinion. He really got after it. He's still going to do things that he, that are like out of his comfort zone. But I, I just don't think it's possible to, you know, get Russ under control when it comes to that. So, I mean, he was 23 and a half, seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists, 1.2 steals. Three point percentage was actually at 36%, which for him is really good. Russ isn't exactly, that was his uh, best three point shooting since 2017, 18 in the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah. I really liked the the signing back then. I think a lot of people questioned if he was going to take less money to return to the Clippers, and he did, and good for him. Honestly, good for him, because it would have been easy for him to say no and to look for more money. But he didn't, and he came back, and yeah. Now I think now the question becomes is, like, what does he do in terms of is he going to be coming off the bench or is he going to be starting or like what, right? If they go after Harden, they can honestly start all these guys. Paul George, uh, Kawhi, Harden, Russ. And then you just start a center, probably Zubats, right? So, yeah. Um, the last player, Dante DiVincenzo to the New York Knicks. Again, I like the signing. So, you have Jalen Brunson, um, Josh Hart, and Dante DiVincenzo. So, it's like, are they the New York Wildcats or are they the Villanova Knicks? You can pick which one you want. Uh, just a spark plug off the bench this season. 40% from three, nine points, four and a half, re- uh, four and a half rebounds, three and a half assists. Um, didn't play too much in the the playoffs, only 18 minutes. Numbers were down quite a bit, five and a half points, uh, three rebounds, three assists. Field goal percentage at around 38%, which isn't very good. Um, but again, uh, Spark Prolog off the bench, or if I don't, Depends if he's, he might even be able to start. I don't think he will, but uh, yeah. Good guy to have off the, off the bench, like I said, for the 15th time. Um, the Dame stuff, I, I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. It's, it's very interesting because if you want to accommodate Dame, then you send him to Miami. But if you're Portland, if you want to get the best trade, then you would send Dame somewhere else. I think, I think that the Nets could offer you something better than than the Miami Heat. I think Celtics could offer you something better. Um trying to think off the top of my head. If you wanted to go to Toronto, Toronto could offer you something better. But he wouldn't. I think Philadelphia could offer you something better if they were to deal um Tyrese Maxey. So there I think there's a lot of teams who can give the Portland Trailblazers more than the Miami Heat. I think the Miami or the Portland Trailblazers will be would be gambling on players like uh, Nikola Jovic, uh, Jaime Hakez, who actually had 22 points in 22 minutes in his first um, summer league game. You got guys like Tyler Hero, who you know he had that big injury. Um, I'm not doing the the trade without Caleb Martin either. But the thing is, they're getting a lot of guys who are in that shooting guard, 
point guard position where they already have Simons and Henderson. And I don't know if that's exactly what they need. I think if they could get a power forward from somewhere, that would work a lot better for them. Um, sure, if, if you know if they trade Dame to Boston, you're getting Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown is a premier shooting guard in the league. So that's a little bit different than trading for a guy like Caleb Martin or, or some of these other guys, right? So that's just my two cents on that situation there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. Like I said, I didn't do all the transfers or sorry, transfers, all the signings that have happened. I just kind of dipped into a little bit of, of the important ones that I think could change the landscape. I think I don't have the, the names in front of me, but the Phoenix Suns did very well as well kind of plug in the holes that they needed to plug with with the amount of money that they have left signing guys and I think that they did a good job as well going forward Eric Eric Gordon is an excellent pickup a shooter as well um Bates Diop as well another three who can defend a little bit for you and that's pretty much all you need from him and yeah I, th- I think that they did solid you know filling in the holes that they needed to to fill with with Chris Paul gone and the three guys there now so once again thank you guys for listening again episode 100 thank you for the support throughout the first 100 episodes here's to another 10,000 and then I'll retire Uh, so remember you can hear this podcast on Anchor FM Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts Spotify Amazon Music iHeartRadio Stitcher or wherever else you listen to your podcasts so thank you guys and we'll catch up again uh, down the road take care